Today is Sexagesima Sunday, and the appointed gospel reading is from the 8th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, beginning with the 4th verse. And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with, with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear, bear fruit with patience. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Last Sunday we heard a parable of the kingdom of heaven, and we learned of the gracious call which the Lord, the landowner in the parable, extends to laborers to labor in his vineyard. Thus we learned of the sanctified fruitfulness of life which comes when the Lord calls us to faith. The life which is the fruit of faith is not the cause of salvation. Faith in the gospel, which is created and sustained by the Holy Spirit through the word, is the way in which we are saved. Now we hear the Lord's parable of the sower, which also speaks to us of the kingdom of heaven through a parable of the word. We hear that the seed which is sown is the word of God, and that seed bears fruit in good soil, where the word takes root and is not starved out on the rocks or choked out by the weeds. In both of these parables, there is a propensity to get confused about the point of the parable. People want to turn the parable of the vineyard into a discussion of the workers, even as our Lord declared, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. The point of comparison is teaching us about the gracious calling which the Lord extends. In today's parable, the Lord declares to his disciples, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. It is not a parable about doing soil studies or any such thing. It's a parable which shows forth how graciously the Lord grants that his word is cast abroad into the world, even as he declares that it will not be fruitfully received by many of those who hear it. The Lord is gracious, but the vast majority of those who receive the precious word show contempt for it and cast it aside. In the parable of the vineyard, we heard the complaint of those who thought so much of their labors that they complained to the landowner when he was gracious and generous. For thus we read, They complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, 
and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? They forgot that they were the recipients of the grace of God, and they wanted to attribute all to their works. Now we hear of the seed of the word which has been sown. But in the majority of those who heard the parable on the day in which it was proclaimed, it appears to have brought forth no lasting fruitfulness, for we read that a great multitude had come together from every city. And they thus heard Jesus speak the parable. But it was only to his disciples, who asked him, What does this parable mean? That we thus read, And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. One of the truths concerning God's word, which the Reformation brought to the fore, is the perspicuity of Scripture. That is, that the word of God is clear and intelligible. But this does not mean that it's easy for us to understand, or that the sinful heart of man is, finds it easy to receive that word in faith. The influence of sin darkens the imagination of man, and wants to find in the word that which one imagines will support what one wants to hear. The imagination of man wants to treat the word as if it is subject to what seems reasonable to our own ideological beliefs or to our culture. The sinful nature wants for the word to be subject to man, and not man to be subject to the word. Because the heart of man does not receive the word in faith, unless the Holy Spirit works through that word to convert the man. But the word of God cannot be conformed to our reason or our desires. As St. Peter declared in his second epistle, No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The opponents of St. Paul within the Corinthian congregation sought to challenge his apostolic authority, and their appeal to the fickle hearts of the Corinthians was such that St. Paul wrote to them as follows, For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. To our shame I say that we were too weak for that. Those who would attempt to twist Scripture are always those who work foolishness within the church. The itching ears of sinful men gladly put up with fools who speak that which appears wise to the flesh even as they lead the souls of men away from God. St. Paul thus boasted of his weakness, that the church might understand that the truth is not found in worldly power, but in the divine word. Paul was burdened with his thorn in the flesh, and he declared, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In my lifetime I have seen enough of what men imagine to be power and strength. It is empty. It decays to ashes. I have seen their wealth. It is a burden which corrupts. I have seen their power. It enslaves those who use it. 
I've seen everything which men imagine to endure, and I can tell you that it all becomes ashes. The word of the triune God is sown. Those by the wayside are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. This is the common end of much of what is proclaimed. In just shy of a quarter century of being a called and ordained servant of the word, I've seen how readily the word is snatched away from many who hear, for it proclaims something which was on the brink of penetrating to the heart, and then it was snatched away. Jesus declares, But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. This, too, is a shockingly common end for the word, which is heard. I've seen the zeal of a convert turn to callous disinterest. I've seen those who have been instructed in the faith, who have given their oaths before the altar of the triune God, turn away to the path that leads to death. For those who still live, at least in the flesh, I pray that the Lord would turn their hearts again to the word. But it is a hard thing to see, and the burden of every servant of the word is that which we hear from the pen of St. Paul, as he wrote of the burdens of his office, including the words, What comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Jesus declared, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. This is manifest in our culture which is obsessed with all such things, and in which countless millions are distracted to death. The possessing of things, consuming, desiring, using, is all fruitless, but distracts on the way down to the pit. There are so many lost that it would be tempting to despair. But the word proclaims, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Thus we see it fulfilled. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. And the consolation is given. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The fruitfulness which is manifest is that which is worked by the Holy Spirit through the word to accomplish that which is pleasing unto the triune God. In our sin, all of mankind was worthy of death and eternal condemnation. There was no hope and no salvation which we could ever devise. But the Lord himself opened the way of life. The eternal Son of God became man. The eternal Word became flesh. The Son of God, who is the Son of Man, is Christ Jesus our Lord, eternal God according to his divine nature, born in time of the Blessed Virgin Mary according to his human nature. He, the fruitful Word, was the sacrifice for sin, so that in his atonement for sin we would know that there is a payment for the sins of the whole world, that whoever believes in him would be justified by grace through faith. The Holy Spirit works through the word to convert us and keep us in the faith. He establishes that faith which trusts in Christ Jesus' atonement for sin, 
believes in his resurrection from the dead, and eagerly awaits his return in glory at the end of the age. With Paul we may boast in our infirmities, knowing that our alliance is not upon ourselves, but upon Christ, whose victory is credited to us, so that we are at peace with God. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. And beginning Palm Sunday, the last Sunday in March, we will resume having a single service at 10 o'clock, which will be followed by Bible class at 11. So a little bit of a change in our schedule coming up before too horribly long. What is remaining constant, um, certainly for now and into the foreseeable future, is that we will have our Wednesday services at 11 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. And we invite you to visit us um, on those occasions as well. Salem was located approximately two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or this broadcast, you may visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are supported by the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.